Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. Now Matt Staub. What's going on, Matt? Uh, doing pretty well. We're in the weird phase of San Diego weather where it's either gloomy or humid or both. So it's unenjoyable. I mean, it's, it's probably way worse for you. but <laughs> I know it rained last week. And the only reason I knew it rained is because I got all these pictures as if, as if it was some kind of miracle <laughs> in San Diego, which it practically was, I suppose. I mean, the rain, that's pretty rare, but it actually, there was lightning and thunder, which is yeah. extremely rare for, for San Diego. So Pretty commonplace here in Houston, except uh, the last, I don't think we've had rain in the last 30 days, which is, I don't know if it's unusual for the time, but unusual in general. Well, I'd still probably take this weather over yours, so... I think so. I think that's I think that's established as far as weather. Houston versus San Diego. That's a good court case. Houston versus San Diego. Yeah. They're suing over better weather. <laughs> All right. Enough of lame legal jokes. We've got a pretty interesting topic. Well, no, let's talk about the weather some more. That's usually a good topic. <laughs> yeah. Also also a good podcast subject. But so this this is a topic that I think is obviously gonna get some uh a lot more mentioned here in the upcoming probably years. Actually, I could see this even being a not maybe not this specifically or at least a little bit. This could be a big issue even in like the presidential election coming up. Possibly, I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Absolutely, I think so. So, and we're going to talk about it in the I guess the employee employer context of we're we're dealing with employment dis- discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. So. What that community is and, and other advocates are trying to do is lift this so-called federal prohibition on employment discrimination against the, like I said, sexual or based on sexual orientation or, or gender identity. But uh, there was a recent EEOC, an Equal Employment Opportunity Commission decision that possibly could have already made this a, a non-issue, or at least some people are saying so. Basically, saying that this is already illegal on the grounds of Title VII. So. What this ruling was, was there, I think it was a three to two, I believe, panel decision. It, it kind of all centers around, quote unquote, the sex in Title VII. And so what does that really mean? And I think they had mentioned it, it's included transgender in the past, but that's kind of what we're getting to. And it's not interchangeable between sex and gender necessarily, but there was a decision that outlaws discrimination on the basis of sex. and. The panel ruled that the job discrimination against gays violate this against this Title VII under the Civil Rights Act. If that, I don't think that made any sense. Let me get out by uh, automatic translator here. So I think first to really understand the EEOC's reasoning, I think you have to kind of take a look at what Title VII was. And this was uh, Title VII is uh, a part of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and basically. It specifically provides that employers cannot discriminate based upon gender, but also religion, color, race, uh, national origin. But what's interesting is that there's been previous rulings held that even the association thereof of an employee. So, for example, if the employee is associated with a person of a certain race or color or religion, 
then you can't discriminate on that basis. So the EOC takes the same kind of logic and they say, well, if the Title VII does that, then it also applies to gender as well. So if you're associating yourself through your spouse or your partner as a, a same-sex partner or, or spouse, then discriminating based upon that same reason is also prohibited. And the logic it may, may or may not be accepted by other courts. And so I think, Matt, you've already alluded to that people are split as to whether the, what's the impact of this. But the reality is EOC's decision is not binding federal-wise because the court can always overturn this. And most likely, a court will hear it. And in the event that you have two federal courts that have split decisions, then the Supreme Court will resolve it. And it's important to note that already currently, I mean, this is, you know, this is a hot topic and I'm sure you already, who everyone's listening, everyone, I don't know if Matt, you mentioned it, but everyone's aware of the Supreme Court ruling that basically provided that same-sex marriage is legal in, nationwide, but there is already some statutory language that has been drafted within the Congress, the legislature to pass but that's, I don't think that's, that's still pretty early that addresses this particular issue. And I don't, you know, who knows this will actually pass or not. So the question is, is it going to happen in the courts or is it going to happen in, in the legislation? It's it's hard to tell at this point. Yeah, and, and you're exactly right. There's, there is a, a proposed law that would ban sexual orientation discrimination in the workplace. That would still obviously need to be passed by Congress and everything. But you know, that, I guess that's what people are, are kind of discussing. What this EEOC decision, what is the impact, like you were saying? It's, you know, we still don't have a law, an official law in place. This is just a three to two ruling that will undoubtedly be appealed, <laughs> I would think. So stuff like this just needs to go straight up to the Supreme Court, I say. I think a lot of people are saying that because criticisms of the administration are saying that, well, this is a little bit of an executive oversight because EOC is not, a, is not in the judicial branch, believe it or not. They're in charge of actually executing the laws into the executive branch. And, and so this has a direct impact on employers in Texas, Illinois. Actually, Illinois has uh, sexual orientation protections, but definitely Texas. Even New York has some protections for orient, uh, sexual orientation, but not gender identity. But California, for example, has had protections for, for sexual orientation, gender identity for quite some time. And so it's not going to affect them directly in, in, in that sense. And so this is quite interesting. I'm interested to see how this plays out because in a way, it if, if you're looking at trends, most likely sexual orientation and gender identity will become a protected class, but it's a matter of when and how. Whether a court's gonna, the Supreme Court's gonna rule it, or is a federal federal law gonna come down? It's it's really hard to tell at this point. That's why some people are saying, well, this EEO decision doesn't even. This means that we don't even need to create a law for it. It's like, well, that's you know, that's really obviously not the case. But you now I guess this is a step in that direction. It's just not not official. But here's the thing, though is let's say that you are the employer and you know you well you shouldn't discriminate against anyone because it's going to come back i mean you're still it's like employers right now are going to be able to get away of discriminating on the basis of of sexual orientation or gender identity i mean even if it's uncertain if you're in texas and you're an employer right now i wouldn't making be making decisions like that because the EEOC may take on a case like that where they're they're going to consider on the side of employee if they're discriminated based upon those reasons. Yeah. So whether a state state court's going to interpret it that way or a federal court's going to interpret it that way, 
you're kind of gambling, you know, in, in that in that respect. So from a from a legal perspective, it's a no brainer. I think we even talked about this maybe a few weeks ago, but kind of the next thing down the down the pipeline here, and obviously the law is just evolving constantly and and adding new things, and this is just the next thing, and I don't know, it's it's not really surprising to me by any means. I'm I'm actually surprised, but it's not too surprising after the fact, in the sense that the timing is a little surprising because it begs the question as to whether the, uh, of the kind of political mo- motivation, did, would they have done this three weeks ago or a month ago, or I, I when, when was the decision? Uh, two or three weeks ago, it seems like, but probably more than that. Let's say six months ago, would they have, would they have felt comfortable making the decision six months ago before the Supreme Court decision, or is this something in response to it? And then the EEOC, again, they tend to be very employee friendly in all their decisions, almost controversially, especially in the last last decade. Well, that's what I was saying. When was, uh, I was trying to find this, when this, this EEOC, there was the decision. Do you know when, when this actually occurred? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's somewhere around July, July 21st. So I think it was this week. The ruling was announced this week. I don't know. I don't have the exact date in front of me, though, I think. Yeah, I was just seeing the connection to the Supreme Court decision, like you had mentioned. You know. July 16th. So it's been a week. I like the analysis of this as a, lawyers call this approach the belt and suspenders approach because EEOC has provided the belt and now Congress needs to add the suspenders. Yeah, lawyers say that all the time. It's, in fact, it's one of my biggest pet peeves of, of phrases, belt and suspenders approaches, because what it'll ha- what they'll, they'll say it in context of contracts. And the concept is, is that, okay, well, if this provision doesn't work, then we'll put this other provision, you know, it's a belt and suspenders approach, but often it creates redundancy and I hate redundancy and especially in a contract. And if you're not confident about the provision, one provision A, then, you know, you should probably strengthen provision A instead of adding provision B. But anyway, that's contracts. <laughs> what, what is your favorite legal term of art? Uh, that's a good question. I do have... <laughs> Said that twice this episode now, by the way. What? This isn't an interview. That's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question, Matt. Let's see. Gosh, I think by next the next episode, I'll think of it because I definitely have some favorites. But for some reason, I'm running a blank right now. That's fine. Maybe like a fruit of the poisonous tree. No, I don't like that. Definitely don't. All right. Well, you have to come up with something for uh, Wednesday's episode now. Yeah, I know. I'll do that. I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. And and don't forget to just the quick take home is that as an employer, I would just assume that this is where it's headed and to make decisions based upon that, whether you're in, in, a, in a state that already prohibits it or not. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a takeaway is sometimes there are laws that are, there, sometimes there are things that aren't officially laws yet that you know are going to be laws or most likely in some sense or another. So act, act accordingly. Very good. That's me. Okay. Keep it sound to keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast 
without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.